0: Welcome to the Inspiring Word Broadcast Ministry. We hope this selection will establish or encourage your walk with the Lord. Please direct any comments or questions to me, Dr. Terry Cheek, using the links on our webpage. Thank you, and on to your selection. Luke chapter 15, beginning with verse 11 this morning. Now, Jesus was in the middle of his parables, or in the group of parables, that he is going to be giving, and that he's going to be um, providing his methods of teaching. And if you're interested, I'll go ahead and say this, beginning next month, beginning in September, I'm going to be doing a series of articles in the Blue Ridge Christian News on the parables. I'll be doing a set of written, some writing on each one of the parables. I can't go really in-depth with it because I've only got a certain amount of space to work with. But if you're interested in knowing more about the parables, feel free to start looking at the Blue Ridge Christian News in September and there'll be one a month until I go through all of them. But this morning, this morning, there's a method and a message that ties to this one parable I would like to share with you today beginning with verse 11. And he said, A certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided into them his living. And not many days after the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country, and there wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in the land, and he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would fain have filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father's have bread enough and some to spare? And I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father and I will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee and am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. And he rose and came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, His father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight and am no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to his servants, Bring forth the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet and bring hither the fatted calf and kill it. And let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. And he was lost and is found. And they began to be merry. Now his elder son was in the field. And as he came and drew nigh to the house, he heard music and dancing. And he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said to him, Thy brother is come, and thy father hath killed the fatted calf, because he hath received him safe and sound. And he was angry, and would not go in. Therefore came his father out, and entreated him. And he answering, said to his father, Lo, these many years do I serve thee, neither transgressed I at any time thy commandment, and yet Thou never gavest me a kid that I might make merry with my friends, but as soon as this thy son was come, which hath devoured his living with harlots, and thou hast killed him for the fatted, killed for him the fatted calf. And he said unto him, Son, thou art ever with me, and all that I have is thine. I was, it was meet that we should make merry and be glad. For this day thy brother was dead and is alive again and was lost and is found. May God add blessing to the reading of his word this morning. I realize that was a long passage. The prodigal son is a long story. A story that is full of a lot of information. A lot of opportunity to look at it it in a lot of many different ways. The interpretation is very simple though. And that's what I want to focus on this morning. The interpretation of God's word and it applies to the prodigal son. And I want to point out three things this morning uh, that work in your life and work in my life and give us a perspective on how it applies to us. Now we may not have gone to our parents and we may not have asked them to give us our inheritance early. And we may not have taken that inheritance and ran off and been in a very immoral and a very unethical lifestyle with it. We may not have done that. But that's not the interpretation that Jesus really wanted us to see. What he wanted us to see, we can break this down into three very simple things this morning. First, Jesus wants us to see that we are all guilty in some way of rebellion against God, which is exactly what the younger son was doing with the Father. He was in rebellion to the Father. When we look at verses thirteen through sixteen, when the when it all breaks down, the younger son asked his father to give him his portion of the inheritance well that was an insult in those days in the Jewish custom that was a very big insult to the family and to the father to ask for that because that was something that wasn't taken until the death of the parent and also the younger son did not get an equal portion the younger son got a young got the minor portion the older son got a larger portion but here, because of the situation and because of the rebellion in the household and the rebellion of the younger son, the father decided to divide it equally and give them an equal portion. When he did, then of course you know the story, the younger son runs off and he goes to a different country and he starts partying it up. Well there was rebellion. Now what is rebellion? Rebellion is going against that what we know and which we know is right. Whether it is rebellion against the government, rebellion in a household, rebellion against God. If we know something is right and we know it's proper and we know we're supposed to be doing it and we go against that, we are going in rebellion. Now that can also be summed up in the word of sin. What we're seeing with rebellion here are symptoms of it, not just an excuse for it. Now, that younger son may have had an argument. That younger son may have said, look, look, dad, I don't want to carry on with the family farm. I want to go do something else with my life, and I need money to go do that with. Or, I, I need this, or I don't feel like I'm being treated well here. He may have had his excuses. But underlying all of those excuses is a symptom that is sinful. It is a personal sin. This young man had a desire, he had lust in his heart. He had, he, he wanted to go, he wanted to be immoral. He wanted to be a playboy, if you will. That's what his heart had. Because when he got the money, when he got the desires of his heart for the money, that's exactly where he went. He took off to a far country to be that playboy. And he was successful at it. So all of the personal sin that he had it wrapped up in his heart that was driven by lust and driven by these immoral desires, he, was, he used that money to finance all of those. That personal sin meant that there was a separation from the Father. That's a picture of us being separated from God. When we are, and before we were saved, maybe maybe you're not saved this morning. Maybe you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior this morning. The ugly part and the ugly truth of that is you are separated from God today. That's not something very pleasant to think about. That doesn't mean God don't love you. That doesn't mean God doesn't care about you. That doesn't mean that God doesn't move in your life and because of the prayers of others that, that God's not working in your life. But there is something about that personal relationship with Jesus Christ that makes us a child of God that gives us that personal one-on-one relationship that we have with Him. First of all, it gives us a promise of eternal life. When we die and we all are going to die, when we do, when we do, that that assurance of that personal relationship with Christ is what gives us faith to carry on every day, knowing that whatever life may have in store, whether it may be an accident or an illness or a disease or whatever that may transition us into eternity, because of our relationship with God through Jesus Christ, we have that assurance of knowing that we have eternal life. We will be in heaven. But if we're living a life of rebellion from God and we're distanced from Him and we don't know Him in this situation, then we have nothing to look forward to but chastisement and wrath. Wrath for those who don't know Him and chastisement for those who do. And yes, it's possible this morning To be saved, to be born again, and to be living in a life of rebellion to to God. It is possible. I know. I've been there. I have lived that life. I have lived the life of knowing that I was saved, and I've lived the life of knowing that I was in rebellion to God. And I can tell you from personal experiences, it is not something you want to go through. Nothing in life is happy. Nothing in life is peaceful. Nothing in life uh, has, has any peace to it. You, you can make all the money that your heart may desire. You can, you can make enough money where your attitude on money management is, I can make more than I can spend. But still something's missing. Something's missing. It's that relationship with God. That relationship with God is something that is so special. It's something that is so real. And to know that you're separated, to know that there is a rebellion in your heart between you and God is something that weighs heavy on you daily. And the Holy Spirit won't let you forget it. That leads us to the point of Conviction. There is a conviction that comes with living in rebellion. There is either a conviction of needing to be saved, or there is a conviction of needing to repent and restore that relationship with God. Here this young man knew when the wheels fell off of everything, when he spent all of his money, All of those friends that he thought he had were nowhere around. When he was no longer the life of the party, the party was nowhere to be found. Then there were hard times that fell upon everyone. There was a famine. People were having to take care of themselves. There was no room for one to take care of the other now. And... All of the the, the playboy had bought the rounds of drinks and he had hard and played and and spent his money on everybody. And they were saving their money. But yet now when things were in famine, he was needing something to eat and nobody had a spare piece of bread to give him. He had a job feeding someone else's hogs. Now that sounds nasty enough if you've, if you've grown up around and ever been involved in raising hogs. I have. When I was a kid, my daddy raised hogs. And there was nothing pleasant about, time about going to swap the hogs. And that's what it was called. That's what daddy called it. And it was my job being the oldest son to go swap the hogs. And it wasn't pleasant. So here was this guy And he was looking at what he was feeding the hogs. And in his mind when the Bible says that in fame, that word fame, he was looking at what the hogs had and they had more to eat than he did. And he was really thinking about eating what they had. That's how hungry he was. That's how abandoned that he was. That's how lonely he was. And then it hit him. What am I doing? My my father's servants have more food than I have and then they have extra to be able to give. What am I doing? I can go back and I'll see if my daddy will let me be a servant. At least I'll have a roof over my head and I'll have food to eat. That is a picture of realization. And that occurs in every heart that's in rebellion to God. We may not want to admit it. I didn't want to admit it when I was going through it. Most people don't when they're going through it. They don't want to admit that they realize that they're wrong. But there is something to be said when that When that comes into our heart and life, we need to realize that we are wrong. That we have lived and we have got ourselves into a spot where we're in rebellion to God. Because there's no way to repent from anything until we realize we've got something to repent from. It doesn't matter how small it may seem or it doesn't matter how large it may seem until we realize we've got something that's standing between us and God, we've got no way of getting around it. That realization of that condition was he couldn't go any farther. The prodigal son could not move any farther. He was stuck in the hog pen. He was stuck there. And he couldn't move until he realized where he was, what he had done to get there, and what it took to move on and get better. And that's the way it is in our life spiritually. We don't have the ability to move on until we realize where we are and we realize how we got there. We realize where we need to be. Then when we realize all of that, we have that aha moment. That aha moment that the prodigal son had. When he said, hey, I can go back home. Folks, when we find ourselves in that situation with God, always remember you can go home. Always remember God is there ready and waiting for you. You can always go home. That brings us down to the repentance. Repentance is calling upon God to make a permanent change in a person's life. The prodigal son went back to his father, and where does the Bible say his father was? His, his father was afar off, but he was watching and waiting. He was he had never given up on that son. He was always watching and waiting. That's a picture of God dealing with us. He's always watching and waiting. This morning, if any of us have anything in our lives that's between us and God, he's standing afar off. But he's standing there watching and waiting with his arms wide open, waiting to welcome us to come back to him. Just like the prodigal son was welcome to come back to his father. If you're going through something, and if you feel separated from God, find that realization of what it may be. Get to that point where you understand what it is and why you're there. And understand there's something better. There's something better. God's standing there waiting with his arms wide open, waiting for you to come to him. He wants to do just like the prodigal sons of that. He wants to throw his arms around you. He wants to to throw a party in heaven that a child has come back home. He wants to put a coat on you. He wants to put a ring on your finger. And there's something very important about that. In every household, in the Jewish faith, in every household, and in this time, there was a ring that was actually a signet. And every time a special document would be done, every time a letter would be sent, whereas today we might put a notary stamp on it, they would close it up, they would write it, they would sign it, they would pour a blotch of wax or something in the middle, and they would take that signet ring and they would press it into that wax. And that would seal it. It would be just like a notary seal is today. He gave his son the authority to make that seal on behalf of of the family after he had abandoned them after he had took his money and went and spirit, it after he had rebelled against the family after he had done and lived through all of that he came back home and the love of the father was so great that he gave him the authority to make those decisions on behalf of the family folks that's what God wants to do in our lives when we find ourselves separated from Him, He doesn't want to hold us back and push us out of the way. He wants to welcome us in. He wants to reestablish us as children in His household and in His home. And He wants to give us the authority to speak on behalf of the kingdom of God into the hearts and into the lives of others that are around Him. He wants to give you that this morning. He wanted to give that to me, too. When I finally realized where I was, and when I finally realized what he had to offer, and I repented, life has been good. Life has been good. We all go through these things in life. We all go through them. We all make bad decisions. We all make selfish decisions. We all make decisions and say, I know this may not be exactly right, but man, it sure looks like fun, so I think I'm going to do it anyway. We all find ourselves there. But God, God is waiting. God is holding out for you and for I. God has his hands slung wide open ready to welcome us and bring us back. But now, what about the older son? The older son is the other side of this coin. We, we've just heard the whole message of the one who would see the problem. The one who would realize the problem. The one who would repent of the problem. The one who would be welcomed back into the fold and into the household. But what about the one whose pride won't let him do that? That's the one. That's the older son. The older son was prideful. The older son was selfish. The older son felt like he now had the argument that the younger son had earlier. The younger son said, I don't want to live like this on the farm. I want my stuff and I want to go. Now the older son says, wait a minute, Dad. Hold on. Hold on. While he took his half of your money and he went and blew it and he wasted it away, I was here working. I was here taking care of everything. I was here doing all of this. Making sure that the place stayed together. Making sure it was running. And not once did you even offer me a goat to kill so that me and my friends could have a party. And here a little brother comes home and you, you roll out the red carpet for him. Yeah, It was so bad. His his pride was so heavy. And so, the bitterness so great in his heart that he wouldn't even go inside where the party was taking place. His daddy had to come outside and talk to him. Pride can get in our way. And pride can keep us from living the life that God has established for us. That's what happened in this. We never did here. If the son, if the older son, we never did hear if he got his life right. We never did hear if he got anything straightened out, squared away. What we get out of it is a picture. There's two ways to handle, two ways to handle being in the realization of sin in our life. We either handle it by realizing it, repenting of it and being restored to God or we handle it pridefully going through life making excuses for why we don't need to. The first one with the younger son is the right way to handle things. That's how God wants to see us. The second one with the older son Is the way that God doesn't want us handling things. He doesn't want us being so prideful that we can't see our shortcomings and we can't see what He has for us. Folks, I hope that gives you a little bit to focus on this week. If you have any questions after we close this morning, I'll be glad to address them. Otherwise, We'll close in prayer. And if you have any comments or anything you'd like to discuss later, please feel free, feel free to to talk with me, to reach out to me. I'll take God's word and I'll try to show you the answers if I can. If not, I'll go find them and I'll bring them back next time. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for everything you've provided. God, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for taking a a sinner, a rebellious person like me. Thank you for calling me back and giving me the opportunity to return to the fold, to the family. And Lord, I pray that you would look into hearts and lives this morning, everyone that hears this message, and I pray that you would address them You call them into your fold, into your family. Either as first time as someone who's never known Jesus as Lord and Savior, or maybe they have and maybe they've wandered away and you want to let them know that there's room in the family. The seat at the table is still there. Lord, I thank you for everything that you've done. I thank you for all the testimony that we've heard today, all of the thanks and the praises that have been given to you. I pray that you would look into the lives of every one of these ladies here and that problem which is burdening them the most. I pray that you would answer it, you would lift them up, and you would give them a testimony of joy and victory in their lives as they seek to move forward. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.